Start the Credit Podcast. Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Brittle Gash. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Also with us, the 2014 Jordan Crawford of this podcast, Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. What's going on, Jackson? Welcome back. That's the best intro you've ever gave me. <laughs> I, th- I <laughs> thought you, you might like that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I'm so I'm glad Joe isn't here because I've got the Jordan Crawford deep dive to share with you. Should we get into it now or should we get into it later? Let's let's get into it a little bit later. I, I, I do sure. want to give a shout out to, to Joe, who is very busy being an accountant during a very busy time of the fiscal year there in New Zealand, unable to be here for this one, but surely be back in a week or two. Uh, meanwhile, this is part two of our 10 most rewatchable games series. Um, if you didn't catch part one, it is up on the feed. We run through games 10 through six, uh, but today the big one, games five through one. But before we get to that, a little news. Thanks to Redditors H. Pantazo and Horseshoe Overlook for posting this to the Celtics sub. The news is a 21-year NBA veteran and 15-time All-Star. He was widely regarded for his passion and intensity on the court. He is ranked fourth in all-time minutes played. We congratulate NBA champion Kevin Garnett on making the 2020 hoop class. Tweeted, of course, by the Hall of Fame's owned Twitter account. Jackson, KG is officially or about to be officially in the Hall of Fame, along with Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and some other people, Eddie Sutton, Rudy Tomjanovich, Tamika Catchings, Barbara Stevens, and Patrick Borman. Have you got a favorite KG memory? It seems like a good time to do some some sort of KG reminiscing. So, uh, favorite yeah, KG memory. I would love to. Did you say Kobe Bryant in that, in the, in that list just then? Yeah. You yeah. did too. I must have missed it. My apologies. I thought it would be very remiss of us not to, to mention it, but that was just me. Absolutely. Out. Never <laughs> mind. Go back and check. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be, KG was a beast. He was an absolute beast. Now, I've made it clear that like he was somewhat before my time. Like I came in around like hard around 2013. But I was obviously aware of, um, you know, his first season with the Celtics, his tenure with the Celtics, and um, definitely that... Um, uh, those playoffs and those finals in 2008 and um, from everything I've heard about KG and everything that I have seen from him like he just he just completely changed the organization like where they were the year prior versus where they uh, finished in 2008 I think a lot of that the lion's share of that has to go to KG now obviously not taking away from Paul Pierce not taking away from Ray Allen you know somewhat controversial subject which I think we're going to get into later uh-huh. on tonight but no, I think he, it, what he did for this for the organization is was was astounding. Um, I think again, don't want to get too far ahead of myself. That whole number retirement thing, I have a, a point about that later. But um, look, as far as like the impact that he had on the team and his lasting legacy with the Celtics, probably more importantly than anything, he, he's he's completely deserving of it just from a Celtics perspective. Not to mention, you know, his MVP and all of the like dominance and amazing um, seasons he had with Minnesota prior to that too. So no, completely deserved in my opinion. Yeah, he kind of brought back the the Celtic culture coming from Minnesota, yep. weirdly enough, of all places. Um, but that culture had been missing for a long time since the you know retirement of, of the 80s big three and McHale and, and Parrish and Larry Bird. And then a couple of missed hits, a couple of tragic deaths in the 90s there and mm-hmm. everything kind of fizzled out. Um, and then fast forward basically 20 years or almost, and then in comes KG and, and brings it all back again. And we, it seems like we haven't 
lost it since and we had guys like Jordan Crawford carrying the torch um you know between between dominant periods um for the Celtics uh Reddit user Nico triple nine writes or cites rather honey nut Cheerios as their favorite KG memory I have the anything's possible quote which I know is like an easy it's an easy one but it's 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 basically a meme it's still a meme since 2008 um, good shelf life for, for any meme, really, 12 years. Um, and like it's something that I think a lot of people think about or quote in, in their own little moments of triumph, um, myself included. So I don't know, just it's mm. such a KG thing to say after finally like summiting the mountain there and, and winning that championship. And you know, obviously the, the title that goes along with it, but um, just the, like, the way that he just like tilts his head back and just like screams that on on national or international TV after winning that title is just so classic KG and like the, the culmination of kind of everything personality wise and everything he did on the court up until that point. So yeah, he was like one of the most, one of the most overwhelming, overwhelmed with emotional, uh, overwhelmed with emotion um, filled interviews you've seen. You always see them like when, you know, athletes get interviewed on, on court or on the field after they win, you know, a, a championship and, and they're all inconsolable most of the time. That That's, that's one of the best ones for me too. And meme or no meme, it, it's, it's utterly iconic as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's definitely one of one of the, the highlight memories for me as well too um recently i've been thinking about it lately because of like uncut gems came out that long ago and i watched that movie and <laughs> and i absolutely i absolutely loved it um we can talk about that at a later date maybe like um sneak that one in besides our um our celtics pride uh, celtic pride yeah yeah rewatchable <laughs> we'll which, I, which is header. which is on the on the calendar which i'm well aware of um absolutely so yeah having him in that like i kind of like re- refresh the memory as well too and um you know he's great in that if you haven't seen it but um uh yeah now love me some kg Absolutely. Now, we are going to get to games five through one of the 10 most rewatchable games of this hopefully still current season. Uh, And a little later, we're going to get to a thread posted to Celtics Reddit by a user, Jungtao, asking the Celtics Reddit community for their uh, most unpopular Celtics opinions and hot takes. And that that turned into this really spicy, uh, hot take laden thread. So we're going to get to that in a little bit. Before we get to the top five games, Jackson... I got to hear it. I got to hear this this Jordan Crawford rant because I, I got to be honest. I've been thinking about it. You know, it's it's been a, a time of idle hands and idle minds, and you like your specific take on on Jordan Crawford for whatever reason has been wandering in and out of my mind. So let's, the, now's now's the time. Let's let's get to it, man. Pre- prepare for the anti climax slash letdown of the of, <laughs> uh, really of, of the last <laughs> week. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we were speaking last week about what you've been doing since No Basketball has been on. And I said, I just had a weird thing for watching um, uh, highlights from Brad Stevens' first season. And, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> dwelling or, or, or you know, <laughs> feeling just just reacquainting myself with that roster that we had. How many, how many of the starting five can you name from Brad Stevens' first game? It was a loss against Toronto. Uh, uh... I'm really going to draw a blank here. I, I, was Marcus Smart in the starting lineup at that point in time? No, he was, he, was Brad Steve, he was Brad Stevens' second draft pick. Okay, wow. Yeah. I'm really showing um, yeah. my, my lack of... Uh, Gerald, um, who we got from the Brooklyn Nets. Gerald, Gerald Wallace. Some, Gerald Wallace, thank yes. you. Tick. Uh, yep. Oh, um, no. I, Drawing <laughs> a blank? As as yeah, I oh, dude, I couldn't yeah. do it at all. I got, can, I, I, can I have I, a hint? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, um, one uh, one of those players is, is no longer with us and has passed away. Oh, um, Mello, Fab Mello. Uh, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Fab Mello. Um, Jeff Green. 
Yeah, okay, of course. Jeff Green. Avery Jeff. Bradley. Yep. And Brandon Bass, I believe it was. Uh, and coming yeah. and coming off the bench, you had you had my main man, Jordan Crawford, which I'm getting to in just a sec. Um <laughs> a rookie Kelly O'Linick, uh Chris Humphreys, Phil Pressey, and I'm forgetting someone else. But yeah, like just just do you remember what that was like? Do you remember do you remember watching that team? Yeah, I I remember watching probably less Celtics games that year compared yeah. to the year before. It the was the ultimate since. it was the ultimate restart. And like going on from um uh from the last point, you know, you could say K- KG's legacy is in some way that trade as well too, you know, if particularly if, if yes. um, Tatum and Brown going to do something else. Anyway, Jordan yeah. Crawford, right? I I just I had to wonder like where is this guy in the world now? Like what what what's what's he been doing all all, the, all this time since I think we traded him if my memory serves to the Warriors. And he played yeah. a couple of games and then just vanished, basically. So I started tracking this guy's career. So after the Golden State Warriors, he's with the, uh, the Xinjiang Flying Tigers, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, the, uh, the, Tan- the Tanjin uh, Rong-, Rong Gang, the Grand Rapids Drive. He then came- briefly surfaced with the New Orleans per- Pelicans before mm-hmm. going to Irony Nihara, uh, Naharia. Um, uh, Shishwan Blue Wales. Like, I'm not getting any of these pronouncements correctly, I'm sure. Uh, and then finally, we arrive at uh, what I want to talk about, a, a team in Germany called Bros Bamberg. Bros Bamberg, right? <laughs> Hanging with the name. bros in Germany. That's, yeah, sick Seems name. like the right so did, place for Jordan Kruppel. Precisely, yeah. So I just started to look into them and see what they're about, and I had a look at like uh, their, their roster or like some alo- um, uh, notable alumni players. They had a guy in there called Marcus Slaughter, who sounds like... <laughs> Sounds like like Marcus Smart's like uh, like mortal enemy and <laughs> or evil twin or something in like an anime or something that someone <laughs> needs to make, um, not me. Um, but then I also start looking down. Uh, we have Brad Wanamaker, a uh, alumni of Bros Bramberg, and also if you remember, we had a uh, a German player join our uh, our ranks uh, recently, and he came just fresh hot off winning the Bundesliga championship with Bros Bamberg before coming over to the Celtics. Daniel Tice. Wow. So uh, uh, Jordan Crawford finds himself in a, a, a proud German club, uh, rich with Celtics uh, uh, pedigree, yeah, might still, you say. So, still with connections. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that was what I, that's what I've been doing thanks to COVID-19. <laughs> and so how old is Jordan Crawford now? Like, it sounds like this, this lengthy, illustrious career, like he must be getting towards the end of his career. He's as old as I am. He's 31 years old. Wow. That's yeah. amazing to me. I you just think he's been in our minds and memories and... You know, around <laughs> bouncing around the league and various leagues for a while now to somehow still only be 31 is, you know, maybe there's a second or yeah. third or fourth wind uh, part of me reckons, the NBA. Part of me reckons like the next best thing you could be as, as far as an athlete is concerned, like as far as like, like the ultimate like hometown hero loved success story and win multiple titles is to be an ultimate journeyman, you know, just play for as many different clubs and as many different countries as you possibly can and just uh-huh. get this wealth of experience around. Like you wouldn't be like, like, super wealthy but you would be well off and you'd be super well traveled and your game would be so cultured you wouldn't be that good probably overall but you would have a wealth of experience and i reckon that would just be fun there you go people you, you come here for the, the top five free watchable games of the season and you get a huge and informative insight into the life and times of jordan crawford thank you jackson that's that's You're been welcome. the highlight of my day so far You're welcome. Um, <laughs> shall we get to the top five games yes let's, let's, let's do, do it starting with number five Denver Nuggets at Boston Celtics, December 6, mm-hmm. 2019. This was largest probably lead. back-to-back the best. Start. So good. 
<laughs> the Richard Jefferson commentary on it was so funny. Oh, Malik Beasley! What are you doing? Get out of the way! Whose baby is that? Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And it's and we were we were smashing at this point too. And I still have that like gag reflex sort of thing with um a gag reflex. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction when it comes to Jamal Murray. I don't hate him anymore since the whole Kyrie <laughs> stuff. Gag reflex. Unbelievable. Um so yeah, I wanted to beat Denver bad. And I know you want to beat Denver bad too. You got a mate who gives you shit every time. Uh, it doesn't happen, so uh, yeah, that was uh, that was refreshing and awesome for me. Those that uh, that dunk in particular. Yeah, refreshing and awesome. Pretty much sums it up. This was uh, this is always going to make the top five for me, even if it's not making some people's top ten because of that win over the Denver Nuggets. If you've been listening to this podcast for long enough, you know that my my mate Dice, who briefly hosted the Nuggets Reddit podcast and is a huge Nuggets fan. Um, has been holding it over me for a little while now. The Nuggets have beaten us, I think, three straight times heading into this game. This is a primetime national TV ESPN game where the Celts like just blew the fuck out of a Western Conference contender uh, and and led by Jason Tatum. It's in the middle of that spicy which J is better period, sort of earlier in the season where mm. like we had a great game from both Js and it was still debatable as to who was the best. But Tatum... Um, I think this is one of the first games where he went from maybe on a lot of all-star lists to a probably. He did have like a lot of what-the-fuck moments, like huge scoring outbursts, particularly in the second and third quarter, um, which of course we now know is the Tatum sandwich dominating the middle of the game. It was just a solid, solid game from Tatum um, and still exciting where we weren't necessarily expecting it. And obviously an amazing team game, which led to this just epic blowout in Boston. The crowd was going nuts for those reasons and and more. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to it in a minute. Um, such a rewatchable game, really, from start to finish. It, um, it it probably wins the Celtics porn category in this particular list of five games. Yeah, that like that back to back play was like the Tatum's three that followed it was just like those two back to back was just was just the best, and it was to finish the quarter two. We were just burying them, and it was it was just so much fun. And and uh, yeah, at, at that point, I think I, I can't remember exactly if I had been like fully convinced that we were like going to be better than what we had all thought before mm-hmm. then. I think we were a fair way into the season, so I, I, we must have had an idea. But um, yeah, I think I was I was really starting to get excited about the team uh, around then. I don't think we had lost for a little while um actually that segues nicely into the next game because this was the last game we lost um (laughs) since that denver game all right let's move on to number four celtics at clippers november 20 2019 that's not a highlight (laughs) lou will is just insane in this game yeah yeah but that was the insane moment Rob's pole, George. So good. You never get tired of that. Yeah. Look at that. Down three. Steps on his foot a little bit, but yeah. (laughs) Doesn't matter. It's all in the the theatrics. (laughs) That's right. It's all about the theatrics and then the rewatchability. So this is four games into the Celtics' first West Coast trip. And I, I feel like, let me know how you feel about this, Jackson, but I feel like this was the first game that we really got to know this year's Celtics. Like we'd had a few Mm. decent wins at this point early on in the season, but I don't think anyone really expected us to go into LA and take the Kawhi PG Clippers to to overtime in their own house. 
Yeah, because I, I felt this was like the first real test of the season, like, you know, as far as like being on the, the road is concerned anyway. But um, uh, yeah, I, I thought, you know, if we if we put up a good fight and we end up going down by like five, six, whatever, then I'll accept that. That's fine. Uh, the People maybe not remember this, but I think we were up like 10 with about five minutes to go. And we end up like more yeah. or less sort of choking this away to some degree, but I don't consider it a choke. This is still one of like the supremely like enjoyable games of the year, like despite the... Um, despite the loss uh that you know uh tatum moment being uh the most memorable but um yeah it was it was just a fantastic uh, encounter and um i just so back and forth i feel like we're very very evenly matched with the clippers which is saying a lot considering they've got you know one of the best players like without a doubt in the in the world playing on them and paul george is a pretty you know decent you know number two to have as well and we've just both times we've played them we've just gone you know tooth and nail with them back and forth and you know it's super encouraging and yeah this was the moment where i realized okay we're i think we're probably onto something here like it, it should have sort of started to flake out by now we had a dodgy game i think a couple of games prior against the warriors and then there's the king's loss but then this yeah. was like okay you know if that team that like you know squeaked past the warriors like showed up here they would have got pumped like no question about it and they didn't they bought the best out of the clippers in my opinion certainly patrick beverly piece of shit um <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, after seeing this after after sitting through this as agonizing as it was yeah i was i was i felt really good i felt really good about our team yeah and it's you kind of touched on it before with, with pg and Kawhi. uh like there's i guess there's a parallel there in that that duo is maybe what we hope jt and jb to turn out as or like a, similar to that that quality of, of player yeah, you were right as well. The Celts were up 86-76 with six remaining in the fourth. And this is why I wanted to add a sweet Lou highlight, a Lou Williams highlight to, to that sound off the off the top there. Uh, Lou Williams went off in the final part of that quarter, 13 points on 4-7 shooting, and, and basically brought them back into the game and, and, and sent the whole thing into overtime. It was a really spicy game with very, very good performances from uh, lots of different players. Not a great JB game. I think he was the three for 13 from the field and just kind of didn't show up to this one. But the following people not named Jason Tatum were good in this game. Brad Wanamaker, 14 points, five assists, a plus six in 27 minutes off the bench for Brad Wanamaker. Insane. Vintage. And Grant, yeah, vintage Wanamaker, plumber Brad. Grant Williams, three points, two rebounds, and yet a plus seven in 20 minutes off the bench insane to spend 20 minutes on the, on the court contribute so little in the box score uh and come out a plus seven and a lot of that was because of some really solid crunch time minutes uh in the fourth quarter and overtime and i want to add to this list although it may be controversial marcus smart uh okay he shot one of 11 from three in this game but Not controversial at all they, they were good attempts i stand by this um this was early in the season when he had been shooting really well and then, of course, he had that that highlight play, maybe the second best play of the game behind Tatum's cross on PG was that Marcus yep. Smart dive out of bounds, the saving off Kawhi's foot and that, that perfect camera angle, the slow motion as he kind of just yep. somehow parries it onto Kawhi's foot. Amazing. And that gives us the ball for Tatum to make the shot, I think, ultimately. So, um, 
yeah, enormous, enormous play there from um, from Marcus Smart. And yeah, there was we were starting to think that he he was starting to turn into Steph Curry for for a, an early portion there in the uh, in the season because he, his, his his three shooting was out of control. And I think it was just one of those nights where it was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna, if it's gonna if if, if I'm gonna um, if it's, I'm gonna get going, I'm gonna get going tonight. And he was he, he willed it he, he willed it into existence, but yeah, it didn't quite happen. <laughs> but we all got reminded here yeah, that last play what he's what he's really good at and why we have him. So yeah, yeah. fantastic. A um, couple more points. Third quarter, Jason Tatum, five or seven from the field, four threes, 14 points, and just some of those ridiculous fuck you confidence shots, particularly in the third quarter. This is another Tatum sandwich game where he played really well in, in the in the second and third quarters. And Kawhi Leonard, insane dunk, ridiculous, filthy dunk yeah. on Daniel Tice. Remember that? Like, oh, yep. so filthy. So uh, unlike Kawhi as well, too. Yeah, like with a bit of flair and a bit of emotion mm. afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> I highly recommend watching this game. Obviously, anything that goes into overtime, albeit in spite of a loss for the Celtics, this is a really, really good game for uh, for the Tatum stands out there. Let's move on to number three. Milwaukee Bucks at Boston Celtics, October mm. 30th. This is the fourth game of the season. It's a great Hayward game. Yeah. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> so the fan in him came out. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> you Scal, tell you what, like, yeah. He's really emerging as like a great color commentator. And I just hope that the replacement we get for Gorman um, like fits with um, the, the eventual Tommy Heinsohn replacement that we're getting in, in Scalabrini. Not to go yeah. off on too much of a tangent there. No, no. <laughs> similar greats, you know, similar resumes, you know, similar importance to the Celtics franchise. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, I can't wait for Scal to take the mantle properly, but yeah, it does need a good um, uh, Gorman replacement. Anyway, uh, we were talking about Bucks. Yeah, so what in, yeah. in your mind makes this game... Like, we're in the top three now. This is this is yeah. high stakes. What makes this such a rewatchable game to you? E- easy, because I have rewatched this game. Not <laughs> completely, but like for the most part, because this reminded me so much of, of 17-18. Mm. had every single ingredient you needed dog shit start down 20 or thereabouts against milwaukee because i feel like we played we played milwaukee probably eight million times that year so that was familiar um Giannis just bullying us about um looking like it was all dead and then marcus smart started hitting threes in the second quarter and he, yeah. d- he stopped it getting from like to, to 27 28 he was keeping us in it and we just kept hanging around and hanging around and hanging around and i i had faith that we were going to get back into it i just i wasn't prepared to say it i didn't want to jinx it or anything like that but i was like nah we're, we're getting back in this game we might not be winning it but we're getting back into it and i think as soon as we started really rolling and we we but like towards the end of that third quarter and we just had those like we'd had that that massive three from Tatum followed by the the high five from Paul Pierce iconic moment thank you very much um yeah this 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 was an absolute barn burner and like not to mention the fact that Milwaukee's like easily the best team of the of this season or what was this season the former season um yeah fantastic and huge statement game in, in the early part of the season considering that we had um lost to Philly in the first game, really scrapped with Toronto in game two and mm-hmm. got a, I think it was a very routine win to, for the most part against the Knicks was the third game. And then yeah. another yeah. contender that we knocked off in our home, in on our home court. Like that was a really important win for me four games into the season. 
Yeah, I remember looking at the early part of the schedule before the season started and thinking, oh, look, we're going to go one and four. We're going to lose to Philly, Toronto, and the Bucks, and we might beat the Knicks. That, that, those were the expectations leading into the yeah. season, and we went four and one instead. And like so much of what makes this a rewatchable game is the emotion and the fact that the year before the Bucks gentlemen swept us out of the playoffs and, mm-hmm. and the memory of the year prior is still so fresh in our minds at that point. And, and the Bucs only remind us of that more because of, of that playoff loss to them. You know, add to that, Giannis is the MVP. We're generally terrified of the Bucs and, and Chris Middleton. And it's it's basically yep. a scheduled loss, right? And and then to top it off, the Bucs go up 19 in the first half. They just couldn't miss, particularly in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, anyway, from a, a rewatchable standpoint, you could be forgiven for only watching the second half. Um unless you just hate yourself for some reason. But uh, from that point onwards, it's just an insane Celtics run. And just the energy in the garden, as everyone realizes, probably similar to you, Jackson, where they're, they're sort of getting vibes of, of Celtics seasons past, where like, oh, hang on, this like spirited Celtics run and comeback is on against, you know, maybe the best team in, in the league. And it, it wasn't a quick and easy comeback either. The, the Bucks made it super hard for us. At one point, when it looked like we were getting close, Kyle Korver hits the craziest falling out of bounds baseline yeah. three. And at that point, you're like, okay, maybe it was going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen anymore if they're hitting shit like that. Um, yeah, just so much spirit and fight and energy to this game. I, I guess Kemba has maybe his thir- first good game as well with 32-6-5. and five. Uh Hayward starts the game 0 and 7 and then just like comes alive towards the end of the of the first half and you know ends with 21 10 boards 7 assists and like a, a great a great Hayward game in this one there's there's just yep. so much to enjoy about this game uh hence it's it's in the top 3 All right number 2 getting through these here Los Angeles Lakers at Boston Celtics January 20th 2020 you remember this one, Jackson? What makes it a rewatchable game in your mind? We just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, fucking Lakers. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was, it was, it was coming at a really dark time for us. I think it, we all talked about the positivity and like, holy shit, we've got something. This is this. We got a team here. Um, it was all kind of coming back to earth a little bit. Um, just before this game, this was capped off by the Phoenix Suns game, which for some reason, I just hate playing Phoenix because something ridiculous always seems to happen against them. Remember the fucking, the Tyler Eulis um, turnover three pointer to win it. Like, yes. <laughs> and then the Devin Booker 70 and then, and then this shit anyway. So the, yeah, low, the confidence was low. We were on a losing streak and the Lakers were coming to town. Like this is the, the, the team that was like, I, I thought would fall apart at the seams and they weren't. And they were just, you know, they were turning to, they were proving themselves to be really something. So, we were, it was a, a game where I feared the worst. Like there have been so many times where LeBron James has just made has looked so silly in our own building. I thought this has got another one of those written all over it. And Anthony Davis would be like, oh man, you made the right decision. Go to and it just didn't happen. <laughs> it just, yeah. I think after like an awful first, like two minutes, it just, it was nothing but bliss. And yeah, it, it was, it, I loved it. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> another proud tradition of lebron james and td garden getting posted yeah and just the, yeah. the the crotch grab the, the, by Jalen brown after dunking on lebron james there uh-huh. like of, of all the moments we'll, we'll talk about you know various moments through all these games that's the moment for me 
like you don't just dunk on the king and grab your dick while you stare him <laughs> deep into his eyes you know like unless you're Jalen brown yeah. yeah that's a that's a power <laughs> move right uh totally and I remember, totally like NBA Twitter just went out of their minds on this one. This is uh, it's perfectly re- rewatchable um, for that moment alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, I think the writing was on the wall like very early on. Like, do you remember uh, Kemba's like offensive putback basket that just like somehow went in? Yeah, that happened, and I was like, okay, like this is the the, the vibes are good here. And yeah, it's night. Yeah, and we just and we just went on a run, and we just kept going and going. And Haywood was very good this game, and I don't mm-hmm. think I can't remember Kemba being particularly uh, good outside of maybe that first play and whatnot. But um, yeah, it it was just an absolute beatdown. Like you know, the, I don't think any of like the, the serious like starting Lakers you know played for any of the fourth quarter or thereabouts. Like it was just it it was it was such a needed win, such a confidence booster, particularly against the Lakers. And I think it it had a great like psychological effect I think on the team because we went on a little bit of a win streak after this as well too so in the context of the season where we were and what we went on to be the mm-hmm. performance itself in a microcosm i still i still think that like we just got the lakers on a bad night bad nights happen to everyone we just happened to get it against them but like it doesn't mean shit to me like it's like fuck them it, it, it was it was a, it was <laughs> yeah. a, it was a beat down and there was so much context there and it kind of gets swept under the rug no one talks about this this lakers beat down probably for the reason i mentioned it's probably a sentiment a lot of people share uh, yeah. that it was just an off night for them but um no it's it's, it's it's as rewatchable as it gets for me. There are way more Lakers fuckboys on the internet than there are Celtics fans. So you know, that, yeah. these kind of things are going to fall by the wayside at some point. But the, the Lakers had won 10 of 11 games heading into this one. Uh, mm-hmm. They'd lost to Orlando at home a couple of games prior, but were really steamrolling the rest of the league at this point. So the fact that we just blew them the hell out like we did in this game was of a lot of importance like you said in the context of the season like this was a very important win for for our team and and kind of putting us on the map as um a contender it was a really enjoyable part of the season because um i I think for a lot of the years prior outside of the Kyrie stuff you know when you just like bring up youtube and there's uh like first take uh and the jump and stuff like that and it's always about you know james harden and steph curry and lebron james yep. and all the, the the most popular group of players in the league there was a stretch in the season there where it was like tatum and kemba and jalen brown and the celtics and brad stevens and like they were headlines and this was kind of the peak of that uh and i guess it culminating with the defeat of Le- lebron james the dunk and the crutch grab and just mm-hmm. so good um no one on the Lakers had 20 points in this game. JaVale McGee had 18 points. LeBron had 15, 13, and 7, but that was it. And meanwhile, Tatum has 27, Jalen 20, Kemba 20, Hayward had 16, 6, and 5. Cantor had an 18-point double-double somehow. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just such an enjoyable game. It's not quite number one, and you'll find out why in a second, but anytime the Boston Celtics blow the shit out of the you know lebron james led no less los angeles lakers you, you're making my top two regardless watch watch yeah. this game <laughs> I, I think i think whoever the opponent is as well too plays a big factor in this and like you know i think this is like for me personally i hate the Sixers probably a slight that just that much more but um yeah against the key a big rival like this it just adds an extra layer of enjoyment to it so yeah it's, it's as rewatchable as it gets Totally. Peak headband Tatum as well. He had uh, another classic Tatum sandwich in this game. Excellent second and third quarter. 75% mm. shooting in the third, 63% shooting in the second. Uh, right in the middle of like 
please, JT, can you just keep wearing that headband? Because clearly it's it's doing great things for you. Yeah. You mentioned the Kemba Walker crazy like tap putback. Mm-hmm. Um, couple other moments there. Tatum nearly scoreless in the first quarter and hits that buzzer beating floater to end the first and, and kind of begin his second and third quarter run there. We mentioned the JB dunk. Marcus Smart, uh, ridiculous behind the back, sneaky pass to Enos Cantor, the left-handed wrap around the back pass to Cantor there in the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we put a lot of shit on Marv Albert, but he was great in this game. A lot of moments that he could punctuate with these sort of classic, you know, yes, I'm the foul kind of yeah. Marv Albert stuff, which just kind of made it all, again, more rewatchable. Yeah, it, it didn't subtract away from, from what we were watching too. So that has to be, I suppose, acknowledged. Yeah, there, there was one moment where he mistook Gordon Hayward for Jason Tatum. But uh, other than that, you know, full, full marks, yeah. full marks. <laughs> all right, the big one, number one, LA Clippers at Boston Celtics. The double OT game, February 13, 2020. Without question, the quintessential Jason Tatum game. Jackson, let's, let's hear your thoughts on this one. Uh, it it was yeah. <laughs> it was Tatum's. It, it's going to depend on how what his career ends up being, but it was like it was his it was his coming out party. It was you know we'd had the dunk on LeBron in the playoffs, we've had little flashes here, flashes here and there, but this was the game where he really he went toe to toe with the Finals MVP, one of the best players on earth, and he was better than him. He was straight up better than him, and I just think the implications that it had for his season moving forward and what it will mean, I think, in his career as a whole, at least how I hope and believe it will be. Um, this is just this is like a, the all time great Jason Tatum game. And I think no matter what happens in his career, I think it still will be an all-time great Jason Tatum game because, oh my God, it was just, yeah, just, we watch the highlights. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go to it. It's too good. And Lou Williams again being an absolute menace. Yeah. Great finish. Hell yeah. There's so many Jason Tatum highlights I could have queued up for this one. This is just one uh, in the first overtime where, again, he's just driving at Kawhi Leonard just taking it at these league alphas and just getting it done in the garden again, prime time, Marv Albert. Like it's just a recipe for a classic rewatchable game. Uh, And, you know, double OT against a team like the Clippers, you've got your best up and coming 21 year old all-star dropping 39 and nine rebounds. This is the game that you have on a videotape in a sealed box with do not tape over written on permanent marker that you hide from your kids. Um, it's, it's that kind of game. It's like a dad yeah. classic, you know, like I'll be talking to my kids. Um, yeah. Got one on the way, you know, who knows what happens um, in the future, but I'll be talking yeah. to at least my one kid about this game uh, for the rest of my life. It was a classic. All the kids these days, they'll have to get out the old USB drive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the old digital yeah, format. Out what it, uh, yeah, how did, you know, yeah. I can't believe we used to live like this. Um, another another rare, another well, not a rarity, but like uh, an underrated aspect of this game. You're probably going to get to it. Marcus Smart with 30 points and we didn't lose. Yeah. <laughs> Normally that is, that's the kiss of death. Marcus Smart is best performance in winning games. He has nine or 11 and like, you know, a plus 17. But no, this game, 30 points. It hit a huge, I remember clutch three. I can't remember if it was the end of fourth quarter or the first overtime because they all just, they all just kind of blended together for this like amazing, horrific experience. But I remember he hit a massive three where I was just like, don't shoot that. And it went in and I just thought, oh, 
So yeah um <laughs> and uh yeah there's you, the, the, you look at the numbers because i mean a, a double ot game will do this to you and inflate everything but it just like it jumps off the page at you like the players on both sides of of on, on the court um just had massive games i think this highlight that you've got queued up now that obviously people can't see is this the one where landry shamet or marcus morris hits the bloody three-pointer because the marcus morris one i just i i <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I had that. It's funny you mentioned the the Marcus Smart three. That ballsy three is is number two in my in my moments of the game. But yeah, number one, Marcus Morris hits the game tying three with forty seconds left in the fourth quarter. Which yeah. you know, Mook Morris, bit of history in the Garden with with the Celtics. Um, clearly meant a lot uh, to him to to hit that shot. And yeah, the ridiculous Landry Shamet running like curling around the top of the three point line, three pointer to tie the game and set up the second OT. Yeah. Um. Just ridiculous, and like I remember thinking, like, how many times can we keep coming back at this Clippers team? Like they're so good. Paul George went out injured, I think, in the second quarter, but they're still a ridiculous team led by Kawhi. And when Shamit hit that three, I was like, I don't, I don't think we can win a second OT against this game, which mm. is what makes it such a fucking classic Tatum game because Tatum again exceeded expectations in the vacuum of that game and came out and dominated in, in the second OT as well. So yeah, it's number it was, one for so many reasons. It was the last game before All-Star break too. So he, he was the headliner. It was all anyone could talk about was All-Star week was how good oh, yeah. Jason Tatum just 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 was amazing. And it was it was just brilliant. Um, There was another moment from this game that I'm that has observed me. That's right. It's not so much from this game, but like, you know, us, living in australia we have to watch it in you know often work hours and i remember this was a this was a bit of thursday night because it was a friday um for us and i went on my lunch break with i think about a minute to go in the fourth quarter and by the time the second ot started my hour-long lunch break had had, had, was over (laughs) i had to go back to work and i was so pissed off and i had to just turn the game off and i I was like i can't watch it because i will get absolutely nothing done probably get like quadruple over time so regrettably i just i just looked at the score at the end because i just couldn't go through it again i saw that we had won and i just collapsed like at my desk like yes thank god and i hate doing i hate doing that but like i couldn't i couldn't just put myself through it anymore i wish to god i I'd watched it live the whole way through, um, but like the 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 bit that I did see of it, like I have since watched the game back, but like seeing it live, those moments were just it was it's it, it's why you love and hate sport in equal measure because it does yeah. those things to you. You just and basketball in particular, basketball's a, a, a horrible game if you if for, for like if, as far as emotional roller coasters is concerned. If you don't like that because yes. it's it's yes 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 fucking shit like like just minute to minute and you if you can't cope you, you you're not gonna yeah it, it's not fun so you have yeah. to you have to suck it up and it was the perfect example and it is all forgiven obviously when you win too so yeah you're speaking to my soul right now jackson i understand yeah. with total clarity everything you just said uh and you know you, you mentioned it's a yes 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 no uh Sometimes it can be a no, 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 yes in the case of that Marcus Smart yes. three, which was so deep, so deep. The balls to take that shot in that moment by Marcus Smart in that game on national TV against that team is is just nuts. Um, and on the work side of things, like I, um, I was in a meeting for Game Seven of the 2010 Finals, keeping an eye on the score during the fourth <laughs> quarter. I'll never forget that meeting. The worst, not I'm not going to say the worst moment of my life, but the the worst at work moment of my life just 
realizing what was going down purely watching the box score in the middle of a meeting that I was involved in and trying to save face and and appear normal in uh realizing that the Celtics had like lost a championship in the finals yeah. against the Lakers the Brutal. Lakers game 7 yeah oh <sighs> my god yeah it's 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 torture it's torture the 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 Rondo game winner from last year I remember yeah. I was literally <laughs> in the middle of literally in the middle of, of of speaking to someone not quite a meeting and I checked the score and I completely forgot the point I was about to make and just what we what 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 do you want, sir? Yeah. These moments are great, but um, and they'll never understand. Like a fellow no. NBA fan is so few and far between. Uh, sometimes even in, in life here in Australia, but certainly in, in the workplace, and you can never. There's never anyone that you can kind of grab onto and be like, "This just happened." Like, counsel me. I need you yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so I'm so thankful to live in an era where I can actually watch it. Like, I don't, I don't know what it would have been like supporting the NBA in like you know the 80s or something. It's like read about it like a week later. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any more to cover this game? I love it a bit. I could talk about it all night. But what what else happened? That's, that's uh, I mean, I I actually had the shortest list of notes for this game. Of all of them because it's really just to like just go and watch the fucking game it's so good when you announced this game straight away this was number one and like for the those all the games have been so good but this was like clearly number one like it was undisputed uh actually i do have two more notes kemba walker destroys landry shamit's ankles on a crossover step back oh, yeah. early in the second quarter and like re-watching it again today he's like hugging shamit as the shot goes in because he's such a good pure soul of a, of yeah. a man he's <laughs> sorry, like man. already being like i had to do that bro i'm so Made sorry you look very that silly just happened. There. my bad yeah <laughs> yeah and uh hayward in the second overtime two clutch blocks and basically a game-winning three, and then the steal off the the inbounds play with twelve second, seconds to go to seal the deal, which yeah, at the time was like right. a huge Hayward confidence thing to have that yeah. that sequence of plays he in saved that game. All of his good plays for the like the very very end, and that was still <laughs> like super important. So like he comes yeah. away like in my mind like still being like like saying you had a good game, you had good contributions rather. Yeah, so like there you have it, folks. That's between this episode and the episode prior, the top ten in our minds rewatchable games of the season. If you think we've missed anything, if you've got any amendments that you'd recommend, tweet us at Celtics Reddit Pod. Comment on the Reddit game thread for this episode or the the past episode. Let us know your thoughts. Obviously, you know this is a matter of opinion and it's subjective, and we're not going to get it right in everyone's mind. So, um, you know, worst case, you mention your amendments to this, and, and we have an extra two or three games to watch on top of these ten. So, uh, please let us know your thoughts. Before we go, though, there was a great thread posted to Celtics Reddit we mentioned earlier by user John Tao asking. What is your unpopular Celtics opinion? And this is a simmering thread with some very, up, didn't it? very spicy hot takes. Um, this is what this podcast was originally designed for, by the way, bringing up the most whacked out takes from Celtics Reddit and, you know, just expanding on them, I guess. So Jackson, I'm going to run down this little list here I made from this thread and I want you to let me know what you think. Starting with number one, it's pretty mild. The most upvoted unpopular opinion from user... A turd named Vert. Hayward deserves more touches. Is this an unpopular opinion? I don't know if it's unpopular. It's a divisive opinion, I would probably say. But um, I, I would I would say he deserves more touches, but there are times when he gets them and he doesn't do anything with them. So um, mm. I think that's more to do with the player itself. I wouldn't say that's a, a super unpopular hot take or anything like that in my, in my personal opinion. Hmm. Yeah, okay, agreed. Number two by user Emmett McCleary. Tice 
provides 90% of what Al Horford would have if we'd re-signed him at a fraction Oof. of the price. Um, that's a spicy take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on paper, no. On In how it's played out this season, yeah, probably. I never, th- I never thought of it that way. I wouldn't say that's unpopular at all. I'd say that's interesting. I'd say that's, that's, that's insightful. Um, yeah, I, I'd, 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 I'd sign off on that. Is, is any, what, would, what do you think of that? Well, yeah, it's interesting. Like, Tice at his best isn't close to Horford at his best, but Tice at, I guess, his average Tice league performance season. is as good as Horford's average performance last year, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I kind of buy into it a little bit. Yeah, well, I, the way you guys says to 90% of what Horford would have had we resigned him, I would almost sign off that he would give me more than what Horford would have if we resigned him. But then again, you could contribute Al Horford's decline to playing the fucking Brett Brown and with Ben Simmons. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's that. And I think his, his system here would have, been, would have been much better. So, I, I don't know. I guess that, that's an interesting one. I like that take. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, and it kind of made me think of how surprising it's been, how, for me at least, how little I've thought about Al Horford this season. Like, oh, if only yeah. we had Al in this game, we would have won or whatever. Like, I've, I haven't really... It hasn't crossed my mind at all, which is no. odd. Number three, use a horseshoe overlook. Isaiah Thomas... Isaiah Thomas's 2017 season was lightning in a bottle. Mm. Um, easier because of what happened to his career since. Um, yeah. But I, I remember him being pretty good like the year before that. Um, so maybe that season, that, that one season, sure. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, 2017, we had... Al Horford and I think we had him the season before as well but but the lightning in a bottle portion of Isaiah Thomas's Celtics tenure is very much tied to the presence of Al Horford uh, so yeah. I don't think it's complete this is more of an unpopular opinion I think because it's it's kind of unfair because prior to Al Horford we, we truly had nobody Amir Johnson was the starting center and mm-hmm. uh you know we had some fun moments with Evan Turner and and Crowder and, and Bradley but like we didn't have another all-star on the on the team until Horford arrived so maybe looking back it was lightning in a bottle but there are pretty good reasons for that yeah um and, and that's probably fair as well honestly to be honest um but yeah I think I think what makes that season so special is not just the numbers he put up the, the near MVP sort of season it was it was the story that went with it particularly like what happened to his sister and like his tooth and like how he mm. backed that up and his size and everything so yeah it, it's hard to to to, to unromanticize that season and the memory that we have of that one but yeah, um no, no, no should does, we <laughs> no should we no I'll, I'll happily live with it fondly forever but uh no that's there's something to that number four user first time long time writes celtics fans need to get the dump out of their pants regarding ray (laughs) allen (laughs) we don't we don't get that title without him he was a huge part of the run and everyone needs to be over the fact that he went to the heat yay or nay i got over the fact he went to the heat a long time ago but again the 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 longevity of my fandom like i was never that attached to, to ray allen whatever so it was kind of like whatever yeah yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I'm over it. I, when I think back about Ray Allen, I think about Ray Allen being here, winning a title. I don't think about him with bone spurs in his heels and, and petering out and, and going to the heat to play with LeBron. Number five, user Singing Batman 27 writes, if Shemi Ojale was on a worse team, he would be starting and would be a coveted trade deadline piece. Nah, that's as unpopular as, 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 as far as my opinion is concerned. Love me some Shemi, but um, I don't know. Based on what evidence? I don't know. So <laughs> what, like what? The five what minutes team? he plays a game, whatever. 
Yeah. What I scene do you think singing Batman 27 is, is envisioning here? Like, like if you played for the Orlando Magic, he's getting dimes dished to him by uh, Mark L. Fultz. Is he, is mm-hmm. he playing above Aaron Gordon there? Like, what? I just don't, I don't see it anywhere. It'd have to be a no. pretty crappy team. No, not really. I mean, I could, I could probably see him doing something on the Cavs, but not like you know very well yeah. or yeah. Um, shit. I don't know. Yeah, no, nah, I, I that's one that one's hard for me to to get on board with. Okay, maybe a a, a G League spurt there for uh for Shemi or you know how a couple of years ago at the final game of the season, Aaron Baines started at center and had like a twenty six point triple double or something against the Nets. Yeah. Like it have to be under those circumstances. Anyway, the final one that I've got is user Pitiv20 writes, if Boston Media had just treated Kyrie Irving like a human, we would have had a team with both AD and KD on it. If we had just treated Kyrie like a human. Like a human being. Like if we hadn't um, asked him so many probing and and invasive questions, I think is what this guy's getting at. And we would have got KD and Kevin Durant. AD and KD. Nah, that's that's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not not at all. Like, like I, 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 we don't, we have, we'd have neither time nor the energy to discuss Kyrie Irving's psychology and whether or not it was solely <laughs> responsible for last year's bullshit. We've treaded that ground many a time. I don't plan on doing it again. So no, I, I'm, I'm happily going to sign off on the fact that it wasn't to do with the Boston media. No. Okay, that sounds like the winner. Then that sounds like at least to yeah. you the the most unpopular opinion. Did you yeah, have any yeah. other? takes that you pulled out of this thread that you wanted to, to go over of 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 these takes there's a couple in there i want to know what yours is though man i've got one ready to go but what's yours my unpopular celtics take oh i didn't yeah. prepare one um come back to me let's hear yours and i'll, I'll hit right. you back with one i've said this a couple times we've got too many retired numbers there's just too many yeah, of that's them a, that's a good one yeah and i gave kg the biggest rap earlier on this episode but i'm not I am an R whether he deserves it. I think I'm going to say yes because it, it, his contribution was to the Celtics was more his personality and more his spirit and more his legacy and everything like that. If you just look at his resume alone, not only did he have his best seasons in Minnesota, like he was drafted by Minnesota. Um, he, uh, what else? yeah, defensive player of the year. Fantastic, like amazing achievement. Not kind of shit on his achievements. I'm going to stop putting caveats in. Um, but my criteria, this is my personal criteria of having a number retired. Um, yeah, drafted by the team itself, or you spend the majority of your career there, neither of which he did. Um, your most successful years with that said team. Now you could argue that winning a championship is more successful than an MVP and all your, everything else that he achieved in Minnesota. But you know, there's an, there's an argument that you have, you had a better version of KG in Minnesota than the Celtics. So that's up for debate. At least one championship or MVP ticks that box. No problem. And he does tick this box as well too, but I think you should only be eligible to have your retired number retired for one club. And I think he probably meant more to the to the Minnesota Timberwolves than he did to the Celtics. But I still think he probably should just get in there to, to have his number retired. But my yeah. opinion stands. I still think there's too many retired numbers. I think we it's it's yeah, it's I think we, we, we have a culture of just kind of not giving them out, but having a number retired should be legendary upon legendary upon legendary sort of status. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll I'll stop this rant real soon. But like think about Kevin Durant with the Warriors. Are they gonna retire his number? I I would assume so. Not that I you necessarily so? agree with them doing that. Yeah. Do you think that would be a popular decision? Like, do you think that I think that would be people would put arguments up that they wouldn't. Like, the resume is undeniable. Like, yeah. three, uh, two championships, two finals, MVPs. Um, 
shit. Like, you know, you can't, you can't argue against that, but like, it, I don't think Warriors fans really, that they mean that much to it. They, I don't think he means that much to them anymore. I could be totally wrong on this, yeah. by the way, but I, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, strike rate, I think you've got a, for lack of a better term, for Durant championships won per season played, uh, is is pretty pretty in his favor. But I think that the the Warriors retiring KD's number now ish is similar to the Celtics retiring anyone's number in the seventies. Like it's kind of the achievement has to be relative to what's been achieved so far and like now with the full breadth and and knowledge of the of the Celtics extensive successful history we can look back at certain guys and be like maybe in the context of the entire franchise history that person's number shouldn't have been retired but you know in 1961 or whatever that person looked like it was as good as it was going to get and therefore we're going to retire yeah. that number if that makes any sense we're kind of oh, like a yeah, victim look, of our own success again again unpopular opinion i really don't care that much but like i just <laughs> i just think there's too many of them there's too yeah, many but you, numbers. yeah and like you look up at the banners now you know on tv obviously not in the td garden unfortunately mm. uh and you see all those numbers and you're like who the fuck's that guy right yeah. like i'm sorry but <laughs> i bet most celtics right. fans i bet most celtics fans on earth couldn't go through them all and name them that could be yeah. a very, you know, arrogant opinion, I think, but I just, I really think most wouldn't. Yeah. I think Joe probably could. Um, Joe definitely could. Yeah. I'm surprised you can't actually. I, I can't personally. This is where it's coming from. I thought you would be able to. I actually, I feel, because there's been a couple of questions that you're throwing back at me, Jackson, and I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit rusty. Like I think the lack of just involvement in Celtics worlds has, uh, is starting to take its toll. Um, but look, we're going to continue to push out the pods uh, soon we're going to fulfill our destiny and record the world's first Celtic Pride rewatchables podcast, yes, we will. Yes, which we will. I am convinced now this, that's what I, I've been put on this, this world to do. Um, you did ask me for my unpopular opinion. It's not an original opinion of mine, but it's the most unpopular one I can think of. Um, and I actually saw it in this thread as well that uh, I'm worried that Jason Tatum is going to leave us for the Lakers or like another... Hollywood-esque team he mm. just is such a Kobe stan uh he just seems to embody a lot of qualities of superstars that have like played famously for other more popular franchises you know you New York's your LA's not your blue collar Boston Celtics kind of guy if that makes sense that I I you know obviously we can sign him to a extension and um he has no choice um because he's in restricted free agent, but eventually he's going to have that choice. And I worry that um, the, the bright lights of, of not necessarily bigger markets, but more popular destinations are going to be too alluring for him. And I don't know if I could ever properly prepare myself for that moment in time. Yeah, that would, that would be so heartbreaking. And, and I think there's an, there's, there's a, a fair, there's a fair amount of um, skepticism to have about Tatum staying here his whole career. He doesn't seem to have, the passion that you know that's probably an unfair metric that, or an unfair thing to have against a player like you know it would be you know you can't have you know a 15 marker smarts playing for you some guys are just here for are here for the money and they're going to do a good job while they're here i don't think that's tatum i think the trajectory of tatum's career um obviously if it starts to do that then there's not going to be much of a market for him and then we might consider moving ourselves if he continues to do that then then everyone's going to want a piece of him so as far as him yeah. going to the lakers is concerned the whole kobe thing yeah yeah, there could be something to that, but I think, I I think it's it it would be it, his he would he would have to really like you know 
kind of have no disregard for Boston fans' feelings whatsoever because it's like the worst team you could leave for, pretty much. So, oh, absolutely. If yeah, we if it was, was bad leaving for Philly, this is you know yeah. this is a completely different. What I would uh, be, what I would be, totally. What I'd be more scared about is if um you know uh shit. I was going to say Memphis, maybe not Memphis. A t- there's a team that that. The franchise that moves and for some reason doesn't go to Seattle and they go to St. Louis. Yeah. Then I mean, we should be worried. Then we should then be worried. It, yeah. I feel like he would definitely leave if that happened. Yeah. And you would um, understand it. You would hate it. You would you would still a little be bit. really pissed off, but I'd be like, okay, fine. It's where you're from, whatever. Like, Yeah. yeah. So that's what keeps but me that's up at night. And that's probably, the- <laughs> yeah. It's, it's probably, probably a shorter odds you get traded than a St. Louis team just emerges out of nowhere. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hate to leave it on that note, but that is going to do it for this one. <laughs> Hopefully you, the listener, enjoyed these and feel inspired to to rewatch at least a few games from this season in, in lieu of any real-life basketball. NBA, the NBA YouTube channel, has been doing a great job of basically daily uh, streaming like very, very rewatchable games themselves. And I think today we have the KG 33 points against the Pistons, Pistons Game yeah. 5 of the 2008 finals. Great, great game. Gritty, you know, Pistons, Celtics, like two blue-collar teams, KG going at it. Um, great game. So I, I would add that as a, a number 11 to this list if you haven't seen that already. Did you, did you catch that one at all, Jackson? I saw some, like, highlights that were on Instagram. I didn't watch it the whole way through, but um, no, I'm loving the fact that they have the options and that they're choosing to broadcast these games because, like, yeah. Yeah, like for the whole, we've been bannering about rewatchables for two episodes now, so... To get them from like different eras and like to the classics that they bring out and stuff, it's yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's a real, you know, life raft at this point. Anyway, look, that is gonna do it. Thank you very much for listening. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod, or if you've got anything to say to us at all, go ahead and comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. Jackson, love your work, mate. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, dude. It's been a lot of fun. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.